Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey guys, how are you today? I pray that all is well and that this message reaches you in the best of spirit, health, and good energy. Today, I want to share a message that is so amazing how timely it is. Like, I didn't even know I was going to teach this message today, or rather, I had an idea about what I wanted to teach. I didn't know why. And I was like, okay, God, you know, I was trying to prepare today's message and I just was like, you know, I'm going to leave it in your hands. And I've been trying to prepare for the last few days and just didn't get a chance to do it. And so I was like, well, God, what will today's message be? And he said, I already gave it to you. And I was like, what? And so I had to look at my notes and I saw what today's message was. And I was like, wow, that is so crazy and so timely. Like, I mean, he really is an on-time God. Like, we hear these things and we're like, yeah, okay, they sound like church cliches, but they're really not. He really comes on time. He may not come when we want him, but he'll be there right on time. And he always has a plan. He knows. Because I was like, it's so crazy that I'm about to teach this message, God, that so many of my listeners I know need to hear this. A few I've reached out to or have reached out to me rather and have, you know, told me some of the things that they're going through. So I'm like, wow, this. And for those of you, you know who you are. Let me tell you something. This was not planned by me. It was planned by the father. That today's message. I know you're like, girl, what is the message? Calm down. I'm going to give it to you. Today's message is part of our Know Yourself, Love Yourself, Then Love Others series that we've been doing Uh, And as we come to a close, as I said before in the last um, few episodes, that this will be our last um, week of the first season. Yay! We will then go on hiatus into the new year. And then we will uh, reconvene uh, at a later date for our second season. So don't worry, guys. We are coming back. We want to be with our family too. <laughs> Why you like guys want to be with your family and like to have a Christmas break and a New Year break? Uh, I want one too. <laughs> so there will be a break. But uh, as I tell you guys before, if you follow me on Instagram at Official Agents of Revival or on YouTube at Andrea Griffin Rogers, you'll see different content, and I will be posting on those platforms in the meantime. So though we may be apart from the podcast. We are not that far. We are still close by. You just got to look for us, okay? All right. So today's message is called Stand in Faith. Woo! Stand in Faith, baby. Let us pray before we get into this. Spirit of the living God, we come to you right now. I just want to say thank you for allowing this opportunity that my brothers and my sisters and I get to share to just spend time with you, Father. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. 
So many, even during this holiday season, are battling many things and tragedies and trials and and just sickness and disease and hardships and pain, Father God. You know what each person who hears this is going through. Speak, Lord. They need a word from you. They need your comfort. You are close to the brokenhearted. And many that are called to this ministry are going through some form of a broken heart. Some form of a pain. Some form of just frustration or just stress or just overwhelming sensation, God. There's something broken in their lives that needs fixing and replacing. So, Father God, we give you these scattered pieces and put them into the master potter's hand. Mold this, God. Grow their faith. Help them to be able to stand in faith. Life is hard. Times are harder. But, God, we know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So your children need strengthening today, Father God. I pray that this message stirs their faith. May I be decreased in this moment, Father God, and you be increased. So that when your people hear this word, they hear you. There will be something in it that confirms in their heart and their spirit. Even if tears are falling down their eyes that says, God sees me. God hears me. God knows me by name. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. So again, like I said, let's get into this word of stand in faith. Like I said, I didn't plan for this, but it's so interesting that when we are in the season where so much about faith is being shared, you know, you have Hanukkah and you also have uh, the Christmas season and faith is what is the foundation of these holiday traditions that uh judaism and christianity share and so while we're just celebrating the light the sun that came into a dark place so many people are going through darkness so many people are suffering depression suicidal thoughts stress feelings of um overwhelm many are going through a tough time right now And so I wanted this message to really be what you needed to continue to stand. Because I get it. You guys, again, as always, I tell you, you got to pray me through because the enemy always keeps trying to attack my voice. He don't want this word to get out, but I'm going to do my best. Because like I said earlier, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And see, even with that, like I go through things. I know it may not seem like I go through things because... I get on here and I minister to you and I encourage your faith, but I go through things all the time. I mean, there are, there are days even, I mean, in this year alone where I could not speak at all. I mean, my voice was so hoarse that I couldn't even get a whisper out where it would hurt to talk, where I would just be in so much pain. The enemy, when I say the enemy has attacked my voice, this is not just me saying like, oh, okay, because I'm a horse or a little raspy today. This is honestly like since the beginning of this year. And he and he attacked it right at the pivot point. Because I told you guys, this podcast, God gave me the idea a year ago. And I needed 
I need the help. I need my own faith to grow, to get to this point, to stand and, and do this podcast. You know, I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think it was necessary. But, you know, when we say yes to the Father, it's about being obedient above all else. And so that was me. It was like, okay, God, if you say so, I will be obedient to you. And he was graceful enough to take me gently on the journey. But it didn't come easy, you know, because though last year he gave me the idea, it didn't start until, as you guys know, this year in September. And all year long before then, the enemy attacked my voice in so many ways. I went through, um, not to go into full detail, but I went through... Even um, earlier in the year, um, poisoning, if you will, that attacked my voice. And so I had to go to the hospital and I had to be cared for about that. And then I had to see a laryngologist. I think I'm saying that correctly. Uh, basically like a throat doctor. And, and I had to get some tests done. And it took about three and a half months. So from January to March... And anybody who personally knows me will tell you, like, I had no voice. I could not talk. I could barely whisper. I was just in excruciating pain because of that poisonous situation that was not my own doing, wasn't caused by me, but it was attacked from the enemy. The enemy used somebody close to me to try and poison me. And so I had to struggle through that. And it was hard. And so then by April... I started to get a little bit of a voice again, and uh, but it, my voice has not been the same. And so, and I'm, anybody who's been listening to this podcast, you know, there's some days where my voice sounds completely different. You're probably like, "Is this the same person?" It is because those are good days, amazing days where God strengthens my voice for that day to get through. And it's not that God doesn't strengthen my voice even right now because otherwise I won't be talking to you. It's just that. On those days, it's like I feel normal, <laughs> as we say. I feel like everything's good. And then I have other days like right now where it's like, mm, here come the enemy again. But God still continues to strengthen me, still continues to help me get this word out to you. And I say that because it doesn't matter if you're doing good or bad in your life right now. And you're like, but my life is under attack. You may be even right now trying to figure out where you went wrong, what bad you may have caused in your life to be going and suffering through so much pain or so much loss or so much um, just turmoil. And let me tell you something. You don't have to have done anything. It's not to say that if you do something that God will not discipline you because we're going to talk about that today, too. Yes, God will discipline you. But there's a man in the Bible named Job. And you guys know him because I'm always talking about Job Wilderness season. And he was labeled a righteous man. God held him in high regard. But that did not stop God from letting the enemy um, attack and tempt him. And what God said is you can test him, but you can't take his life. So I'll let you, you know, put him through the ringer because I know at the end of the day, that Job is not going to curse me. Job is not going to abandon his faith. He's going to still stand in faith no matter what you bring his way. And Job did. And there were times if you go read, because it's like 42 chapters, it's too much for me to get into right now. But 
uh, to just summarize his story, Job goes through, I mean, excruciating circumstances. You know, he loses all his children. They just suddenly die. His He basically, in modern terms, goes bankrupt. Like, suddenly, the market crashes or whatever. And, and somebody also robs the bank at the same time. And he just loses all his money. His land, where he lives, his home is attacked and destroyed. His marriage is going through trials and turmoils and his wife doesn't even like him anymore she's like you need to just curse god and die just get out my face i want nothing to do with you you know and he's still in love with her and on top of that his servants you know because he was a a very rich man his servants all are attacked and killed in some way i mean so he just went through one thing after another after another and for some people, you may feel like, okay, well, people that work for you, they may not be that deep. But your children, we got, again, remember, his children were all killed. That meant that legacy was destroyed. That there would be no generation of grandchildren. All his children were destroyed. I think there were like seven children at the time. All killed. All his money gone. His home attacked. Then if that wasn't enough, and then the servants, and then if that wasn't enough (laughs) to add insult to injury, then he gets really sick with leprosy sores. And if you don't know what that looks like, go Google it, baby. It is painful to watch. Could you imagine experiencing it? And that's what he went through. And then if that wasn't enough, he had three of his best friends come and visit him. And dare I say, throw salt in the wounds because they didn't tend to him and mend his wounds they made him feel even worse because they had this ideology that says only bad things happen to bad people and that if you're a good person you wouldn't have to go through anything bad and so they were just attacking him and attacking him this is the same person that dare i say just a few days ago or seasons ago rather you was eating at my table and feasting and drinking up my wine and all that and having a good old time with me. And now all of a sudden I'm going through a bad season. You're turning on me and blaming me for the bad season. I mean, Job went through it. And we read about it in about 41 chapters of his suffering. And during that time, he had to continue to fight off not only the attacks of his wife. And I don't mean physically fighting. I'm just saying like verbally you know, standing up for himself. I mean, this man is in excruciating pain, not only just of the heart of what he went through, but he's also in pain physically because of his sickness, his debilitating disease. And here he has his wife cursing him. He has his friends attacking him. And so, I mean, just east, west, north, south, he is just fighting on all fronts just to stay alive, just to keep his sanity and the friends don't let up. It doesn't matter how much more crushing he feels. It The pain doesn't let up. But he still chooses to stand in faith. Even though there were moments where he got a little weary. Because God says, it's okay. I understand you're going to get weary and well doing. But that's why he says, in due season, you will reap a harvest. If you don't give up hope. And we know that's in Isaiah 40, 31. God knows this already. He knows 
us as his children. That there are going to be times. We see that even with Jesus. Before Jesus goes through the crucifixion process, he has a moment in the Garden of Gethsemane where he is crying so much. It says in the Bible that it was like tears of blood that was pouring out of him. And he kept saying, God, please, if it is your will, take this cup of suffering away from me. But Lord, it is not my will, but your will be done. Which means that I may want this cup of suffering to be taken away from me because it is crushing. It is too much. It feels unbearable. But I'm going to stand in faith that says, at the end of the day, your will will prosper and persevere and get me through the storm. So even though I may go through a tough season and we know that Jesus was crucified, but on a third day, oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. On the third day, he rose with all power. He was resurrected and ascended, seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. Ooh, if that don't get you jumping, that gets me jumping, child, okay? Thank you, Jesus. Going back to my brother Job. After Job suffered a little while, and we think of a little while in terms of human standpoint, like, if somebody says, oh, I'll be there in a little while. You're like, okay, well, that's probably going to be about a few minutes or a few hours. But God is time. So he operates outside of time. So he says in one of the scriptures that what is considered a, a day to you is a thousand years to the father. So again, we may feel like, oh, well, it's taking too long. But you got to stand in faith. I mentioned Job, I mentioned Jesus because, I mean, we are, you know, if you call yourself a Christian, you are a Christ follower. If you are a Messianic Jew, then you are a follower of Yeshua. It's it's just a um, Hebrew name for Jesus. It's understanding that we are followers, all of us, of the way of Jesus, the way to God. And so if we are following him, And he even had moments of weariness, but still gave that weariness to the father, laid it at his feet, so to speak, and then still was able to stand in faith and say, not my will, but your will be done. Who are we? We have got to be the same way that says, Lord, this cup of suffering is so unbearable. If it is your will, I know you could take it away from me, but I also want your will to be done. And sometimes, heck, a lot of times. That cup of suffering is God's will. And I know you may say, hold on, why would God give us a cup of suffering? It's producing something out of us. Job became even stronger. Job prospered. Job got double for his trouble because he was willing to withstand the test of time, withstand the test that the enemy threw him, withstand the people that were really not people. They were Um, spirits and principalities that were fighting against as we know in Ephesians but the enemy used people his friends his family his wife to attack him but he stood in faith and God honored him for standing in faith and even then you know because some people will feel like oh well if I was Job I'd have cursed my friends too and and my wife and I just divorced that person and went on but God says no that's not what I called you to do And so Job and and God even tells Job, pray for your friends. 
Because otherwise, I'm going to wipe them out right now. So pray for your friends and I will bless them. I will forgive them of their sins. And so Job did that. He prayed for his friends. He prayed for his wife. And God not only did his word of blessing them and forgiving them, but he also allowed his wife to consume more children. To birth more children. So he had more children than he first started out with. So he started out with seven, then he had 14 children by the time of his old age. God paid him back for the trouble. One of the things that Job learned through the process, because God actually talks to Job in a moment. And because, and like I said, Job got weary. And Job was like, you know, well, I, I want to go and put myself on in, in the courtroom of God, you know, and I want to, you know, testify that I've been living a good life, God. And, and I've always sacrificed and done right by you. And I don't understand why I'm going through this. And so God basically says, okay, did you create the heavens and the earth? Did you create the seas? Can you create a human being from dirt? I mean, God takes him through this journey because of understanding that I am the almighty God. I know why I'm taking you through something. I know why I'm allowing the meat to test you. So you have to just trust in me, or the all-knowing, knowing why I'm allowing it to happen. And so Job realizes that the questions that God is asking him, he can't answer. And you know why? Because you're human. You don't have the answers that God does because his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So the heavens are higher than the earth. So his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So Job had to learn that firsthand with a conversation with the father. And so he says, okay, but even then, God did not curse Job for being weary, for, for asking him questions about why he's going through. God welcomes us when we ask for wisdom. And in a sense, that's what Job was asking for was wisdom. But what God did was gave him wisdom in the sense of or understanding of I'm all knowing. I'm all powerful. So I don't really have to tell you why I'm taking you through. I just need you to trust in me as your loving heavenly father that have a plan and a purpose for it. And Job had to submit under that. Repent. But also submit under that to say, you know what, Father, you're right. I don't have the answers to these things because I don't know everything. I'm only a human being. And so I wanted to, you know, go over that real quick because there's so much more I want to tackle. But because we all think that, or many rather, think that if you ask God or if you bring your weakness, if you bring your weariness, to the father if you bring your frustration whether you're going through a sickness a debilitating disease a crushing season of loss of grief whatever it is that you're going through you feel like okay if I give this to God he's going to punish me God didn't punish Job God didn't punish Jesus and there may be some that may look at crucifixion as Jesus um as punishment for Jesus but that was already the plan when he was born that was his purpose to fulfill we all have a purpose to fulfill. God's not going to be mad at you because you go to him and say, Father, this is hard. Father, please take this cup of suffering from me. 
God welcomes it. I when I was going through my job wilderness season, I had many moments where I was like, God, I can't. God, this is too much. God, I really need your help. God, please take this cup of suffering from me. God, what are you doing? God, why are you letting the enemy attack me so much? God, how much more can I take? God, I am being crushed on all sides. God, I am deeper than a rock in a hard place. Like, I'm not even between that anymore. I am under that. God, I am suffering. And I am suffocating. I don't know how much more I can take. But baby, I am here today as a survivor of the crushing season. And I count it all joy. I know some of you may be like, how can you count it all joy? Because I'm on the other side. I realized why I had to go through that. See, even right now, as I, as I started talking about the beginning of the year and being attacked, um, and, and my voice being attacked, I even count that joy. I've forgiven the person who did it. And, and it didn't take me a long time either because God had already been working on me about forgiving people quickly and letting go of offenses. And so I count it all joy because it makes me value my voice even more because there was a time even before I got to this point even before last year when God told me I was gonna have a podcast where God was where God revealed to me part of his plan for me God spoke to me when he called me to teach the gospels he specifically said to me you have a strong and powerful voice why are you so timid that was his question to me because I was I was very timid I was very afraid to speak Because for a long time, especially in my family, I was told to be quiet. I was told to stay in a child's place. I was told that what I had to say was not important or that it was causing problems and disruptions. But no, what it was really causing was disruptions to the enemy's plan. And God needed me to see that my voice really is powerful. It could be used for good or for bad. But if I use it for his good then I can withstand the test of time, that he will help me get through as long as I'm willing to speak his truth. But like I said, you know, he called me out on it. You are timid. You have got to get rid of this timidness or you will always fail. That was God's exact words to me. Jesus said that you will always fall if you don't become strong. I don't know what that was, but anyway. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, God, you know what? Not my will, but your will be done. And from that wonderful, I wrote about it on my blog years ago. I called it my strange encounter with Jesus Christ in the wilderness. Because I didn't even know what was going on. But it was a beautiful, beautiful experience that I had with the Father. And from that time, I've just been working at it. Not in my own strength. I'm not strong enough, but in God's strength to say, Lord, help me grow stronger. Lord, help me use my voice like Jeremiah. Put your words in my mouth so that when I speak, people will hear your words. They will see your light shining through me, beaming thoughts of hope and light to them in a dark place. I gave it to the Father. So when the enemy tried to attack my voice this year, I counted all joy. Because I already know God's going to get me through. He already made me a promise. Why would he tell me to stop being timid and to embrace my powerful voice if he was going to 
allowed the enemy to destroy it and never be used again. It was about a test of faith. Will I stand in faith and believe in the promises of the Father? Believe that his word still stands. Believe that his word is truth. And that's all I need. So even in moments where my voice may not be as strong and on a good day, as I say, as I would like it to be, and it sounds like this, or times when it's even raspier than this, oh, well, I'm showing up. And y'all going to get this word. Come hella high water, you're going to get this word. Even if that means I have to drink a bunch of tea and, and honey to when I'm finished speaking to you or to even get through. There have been times where I've taught classes. Some of you that may be listening, you may have been a part of them. And, and I've had to stop. You, you've seen the, the downfall, if you will, of my voice going from, you know, uh, strong to like really raspy. And, and But that didn't stop me because I knew that where I am weak, God is strong. And so I must continue to give his word over anything because that's what's important. Doing his will and not my own. I may be weary and well-doing. There are times where I'm like, I don't even feel like a God. But God says, in your weakness, my grace is sufficient. That's where my power works best. And I say, okay, God, take this weakness and give me your strength. I wanted to give you guys some scriptures to back this for those that just need some biblical context for this. Usually it's a time where I wrap up, but I hear God saying, keep going. Because there's somebody that's on the cusp right now. You're, you're either on the cusp of a breakthrough or breakdown moment. Either way, allow it to take place and root in your life. Because even if you feel like this breakdown moment might seem like it's going to destroy you, it's not. The tears you shed are watering the seeds that God has implanted in you that will bear fruit in a new season. But you got to allow yourself to stop being this strong person. I talked about it in yesterday's podcast. Stop being the strong person that society says you have to be. God says my grace is sufficient. That means my grace is well enough for my power, my authority, my anointing works best in your weaknesses. Not in your strength and your weaknesses. I don't have a powerful voice in my own strength. I'm not here speaking to you in my own strength. If I was, it would be a whisper, baby. You wouldn't hear nothing. I woke up this morning. My, my throat was already hurting and on fire. But I pray God's truth. I pray God's word. I ask God, take my mouth. Put your words in my mouth. Give me the strength I need to do your will today. And as you hear, God has given me just that. Because it's not about the fact that you that you get weary and well-doing. It's about the fact that you still stand in faith. That you still hold on, enduring to the end, knowing that God's truth will prevail. That the problem is not bigger than your God. That God is bigger than your problem. It says in James 1, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, 
Ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Jesus says in John 16, verse 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, take refuge, basically, because I have overcome the world. First Corinthians six seventeen. but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Hebrews 11. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It is by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son to whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did not, did receive, excuse me, his son back from the dead. I want to pause right there for a second because this even brings me up to a point that I talked about even of last year. You know, last year I had, um, I was teaching other classes and groups in my ministry and it was under a different name at that time. And God told me to shut it down, basically. He told me to burn the oxen and it was during Passover season. And I was like, God, what are you talking about? Like, I can't do that. These people are depending on me and I can't just turn my back on them or step away. And God was like, what is better, obedience or sacrifice? And it was in that moment where I had to understand that I had to be obedient to what the Father was saying to me and trust that he had a purpose and a plan for it. And so I did exactly what he told me to do. I shut down a business operation, so to speak. I shut down the ministry. I, I stopped everything. And yes, I had some people that were very upset, you know, because you have people, I mean, people are people and you got people that would say, praise Jesus in one breath and then the next breath, say crucify him. So they did it to the father. Why would they not do it to you? And so that's what happened to me. And I had people that were just basically stoning me with their words and were attacking me because I was being obedient to the father. I didn't know God was going to bring this ministry back around. I didn't know that Agents of Revival would be here today. Even though when God called me, I never told you guys the date that God called me and told me to teach the Gospels. It was um, April 25th, 2017. And when God did that, he also gave me a plan and a, and a mission. This the, the vision, if you will, just bits and pieces of this ministry 
as I told you guys, that was um, in February 2018. And so I didn't know when God was telling me to end it, that it was going to come back. But I had to trust in the father that his word would not return to him void. And so if he was telling me to stand in faith in that moment and sacrifice, what he was telling me to sacrifice at the altar, to give up my way of doing things and embrace his way and his word and his teachings in that moment that was saying, pivot, stop, don't go any further, don't do that, pull back. Then I had to be obedient and do that. That just like Abraham, you told me, God, what this ministry was going to be. You told me, God, how many people and, and how this will impact the world. You show me visions, God, about what you wanted to do through this ministry you're giving me. And yet you're telling me to sacrifice it at the altar. But I had to be just like Abraham and say, I'll do so. If you say so, God, I will do it. Because it is not about my will, but your will being done. And so I did it. And here we are a year later. God brought it back around. The podcast started in September, but the ministry relaunched in July. I didn't know that was going to happen. God knew. (laughs) I didn't. But it's amazing how the Father works. That when we are willing to be obedient, to stand in faith that says, if you say so, God, Not my will, but your will be done. That even in the midst of persecution, even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of weariness, even in the midst of hardship and pain and heartache and loss, even in the midst of just the unknowing, you don't know what's going on. It's just chaos all around. Or God is telling you like me to make moves that just don't make sense. You got to be willing to stand in faith. How much more do I need to say, as it says in Hebrews 11, It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weaknesses was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. I'm telling you these things because God is showing you through his word that you're not the only person. Stop thinking that the hardships and and the heartache and the pain and the grief and the confusion and the suffering that you're going through you're the only person that is ever going through this you're not and yet people survived people got through because they stood in faith that's what God is saying to you today through this word you are too good for this world in this world you will have many sorrows you will be persecuted because of your faith you will go through 
And people look at people that do bad and they're like, oh, they don't go anything, do anything because they are, dare I say, minions of the enemy. They're going somewhere, all right? They're just not going to go to heaven. God allows his reign to fall on the just and the unjust for a reason, to produce his glory and to show those who are really his children. Are you really God's child? If you are, then why do you not think that God will discipline you? Why would you not think that God will allow you to go through tests and hardships? If he allowed his own son, Jesus, to be sacrificed, why would he not allow you to go through something? We are saved because of Jesus. So imagine what you're going through, the testimony, not only that you would have, but how many people will be saved by what you go through. Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. I'm going to say that again. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Disregarding its shame, now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives to your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who was never disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Since we are respected, our, since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall or fail, but become strong. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. 
Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm going to pause right there because that's from Hebrews 13, 6 through 8. But I wanted to share this with you because, again, stand in confidence. Jesus never changes, which means his word won't return to him void. And so if people from our past, our ancestors, even if you can't think that far back, your mama and them, your daddy and them, your grandma, grandpops, aunties and uncles, went through some things. Some may be too proud to tell you what they've been through, but there are others who shared their testimonies with you, shared their stories. How do you think they survived? They endured the test of time because God's word won't return to him void. He has a promise and a purpose for all of our lives. And that purpose will be fulfilled. For this world is not our permanent home, it says in Hebrews 13. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. That means standing in faith. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Now in the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. Let God produce something out of the season you are going through. I know it's crushing. We just talked about it. God wrote it in his words thousands of years ago that his discipline can be painful. Job wasn't spared from it. Jesus wasn't spared from it. I wasn't spared from it. Abraham and Isaac weren't spared from it. Your grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents weren't spared from it. Your own parents weren't spared from it. But they got through. It may be tough. It may seem weary. You may get tired. You may get weak. But don't give up hope. Stand in faith that says... That though you slay me, yet will I trust you, God. That though the enemy is meaning this for harm, God, you will mean and turn us around for your good. You will cause all of this pain and hardship to be used for your good. It will produce good fruit. But you got to stand in faith. May God produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. Allow the crushing season to take root in your life. It's producing something out of you. You may not see it. You may not understand it. But trust that God is allowing it to happen for a reason. It's producing and developing something perfect and complete in you. So that you will need nothing As it says in James 1, I said earlier, if you need wisdom, if you need clarity or understanding from the Father, if you need more strength from the Father, ask him for it. He will not rebuke you for asking. He welcomes it. But make sure when you ask him that your faith is in him alone, that you do not have divided loyalty. And what that means is that you're not placing part belief in what he can do 
and then trusting in your worldly resources to do it. It's putting full belief in God. He is the source. Everything else are resources that he will use, but he is the ultimate source. And so whatever you need, you don't know where it's going to come from. You don't know how God's going to get it to you. You don't know when God's going to turn the tide. You don't know, um, even if it's a sickness, you don't know if the doctor's saying that this particular uh, thing is going to cure it. You don't know that. God may allow you, and I know from my experience, even with my asthma, that, or excuse me, I'm not even going to claim that, with this asthma that I've had, that there have been times where doctors have, you know, diagnosed me and um, and given me certain medications. You know, a doctor recently diagnosed me with eosinophilic asthma, and he had me doing some injectable medications. And it was like, this isn't going to really cure it, but it's going to, like, help better it. And you guys probably have seen some of these commercials on TV about some of these companies. I'm not going to name them. But, I, you know, I had to go through that. And I was like, okay, you know. And for a brief moment, I'll be honest, I slipped and was like, okay, I'm going to trust. And the doctor that's saying that this medication, because I was like, I'm tired. I'm tired of asthma. Uh, anybody that personally knows me knows I've had asthma since I was two years old. Because, again, the enemy knew or had some sort of inkling as to... God got something good in store for her. So let me try to attack her even as a baby, even as a toddler. And my parents didn't even know, didn't even have a car to get me to the hospital. But God, mm, when they recount the story, when they tell me the testimony, my own testimony rather, of what they had to do to get me to the hospital. Because they didn't know what was going on with me. They just knew I just was stopped. I was having trouble breathing and I was throwing up and it was just, I was getting worse and worse. My lungs were just closing. They didn't know what was going on. But God made sure that I lived, that I got through that, that no matter what they had to do, that they got me to the hospital. We say just in the nick of time, but God is outside of time. So he knew I got plans for Andrea. So she's going to make it. It was a test. Even at two years old. But she's going to make it. You're not going to take her life. God has the final say. And so even recently when a doctor diagnosed me with eosinophilic asthma. And I've started taking these injectables um, of asthma medication. And do you know what? And I had I tried two to three different ones. Reason why? Because each one gave me anaphylaxis. And I was rushed to the hospital. EpiPen and all. And finally the last time God said that's enough. And I said, you know what, God, you're right. That is enough. I'm not doing this no more. I'm not claiming what they say. And I'm not going to keep taking these medications that they say are going to cure me or at least make things better. You had the final say. You are the breath. Your Holy Spirit is the Ruach. It is the power. It is air. It is wind. It is what I need to breathe each and every day. So if you can breathe in my lungs, you can heal me from this. I don't need what they're saying. And that's not to say that there aren't times where God will you won't use medication to help you. But sometimes we as human beings have to steward well our faith. That says, I'm going to stand in faith. So I know what you're saying. But what does my God say? My God says that by the stripes, by the wounds that Jesus went through, I am healed. I am made whole. So that may be your word as a human being. But my God has the ultimate final say. 
And so I pray that this message stirs somebody's faith out there. I know it went a little bit long, but some of y'all need to hear how there are others, even me, who have suffered, who have went through, who have endured some tests and some times. It would take too long, like it says in Hebrews 11, for me to tell you not only past testimonies in the Bible, but even just my full testimony. I've only been able to give you bits and pieces on the time we get to spend with each other. You know, eventually I will come out with a book where you'll get more in-depth detail about my life and, and the testimonies and things that I've had to go through to even get full clarity and understanding. And that's in God's timing. But I've, I've been through some hardships. Like I said, this year alone, you're only hearing from me right now because it is God giving me strength. The enemy has attacked me over and over and over again. But it's about standing in faith regardless. I gave you God's word today, not just to fill up time or to get on your nerves. For those that may feel like I'm tired of hearing scripture. Well, baby, this ain't the podcast for you, okay? Because you're going to hear scripture. Because I'm going to speak God's truth. Why? Because it is truth and because I need his truth. I read the word and study on it, meditating on it day and night. Like his word says, faithfully, as it says in Joshua um, 1.8. Not just because it's something to do, but because it is my daily bread. It is my living water. It's what I need to survive and thrive each and every day. I have to breathe his word in each and every day. When I speak it out of my mouth, I breathe back in what I just spoke. And it fills me with strength. You got to start doing the same thing. It may seem cliche, but it's not. When you start working God's kingdom principles, when you start believing in his word and not wavering, but believing solely in God and then working his truth, working his kingdom principles for yourself, doing what God tells you to do as he disciplines you. There are going to be some things where God says you have to change. Stop fighting it and allow the change to happen. Because you will get to the point where you will be complete and perfect needing nothing. Where you will be just like me and just like James. Where you will be counting it all joy that you had to go through that season. For it produced something in you. It produced endurance. It produced blessings and abundance. It produced exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. Think, excuse me. It produced something glorious in your life but you gotta allow it to happen and then when you get out of that when you overcome and how you overcome even for some of you is by telling your story some of you one of the reasons why you may be suffering is because you are too tight-lipped on your truth you're too tight-lipped on what you're going through you don't want to tell no secrets you mm mm-mm we don't speak about these things outside of this house, as they used to say in the old school. Baby, and that's how you stay in bondage. Get yourself free. Get yourself some help. Speak what you have gone through so that you can heal. Stop being afraid of your past. Face your past. Face those skeletons in your closet. Face those um, painful experiences that somebody has allowed you to go, that has caused you to go through. God's allowing you to go through it to heal you. Some of you may need to get in counseling to do that. Others, you can do that privately between you and God. But if you don't start facing you and stand in faith, you will continue to be weary 
in well-doing. You will feel like this crushing season is overwhelming you. You can get through the storm. I got through mine. And I'm continuing to get through because of God helping me persevere. You can make it. I promise you, you can. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord our God be gracious to you. Show you his favor and give you his shalom. Give you his peace. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. I want to thank you for listening to the Agents of Revival podcast. You can find like and follow me on Instagram at Official Agents of Revival. Or subscribe to my YouTube page at Andrea Griffin Rogers where there's additional content. Also, we're just starting this new venture while new opportunities will come and help us continue to grow. Your travel donations and contributions helps keep this podcast going. Here are some ways in which you can give or sow into this ministry. You can click one of the links in the description, or you can download either the Cash app or the Venmo app. If you have the Cash app, you can find me at Andrea G's. That's A-N-D as in dog, R-E-A-G-E-E-S as in Sam. Or if you have the Venmo app, you can find me at Andrea Griffin Rogers. That's A-N-D-R-E-A-G-R-I-F-F as in Frank, I-N as in Nancy, R-O-G-E-R-S as in Sam. Thank you for your donations and support. Take care, God bless, and remember to stand in faith.